0: if you would like, and you don't have to. It's not anything real special, it's just uh, salt. It's um, a little packet of salt, because while we are growing, we are commanded in Matthew, the fifth chapter, and I will uh, get us there on the verse in a moment. Uh, There it is that you are the what? Salt of the, earth. salt of the earth. This was in what's commonly known as the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Famous sermon that Jesus preaches. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. <clears throat> and and he, he puts it pretty direct. He said... Notice Jesus didn't really say, we are the salt of the earth. He said to all of those that were listening, you are the salt of the earth. But that applies to all of us, right? And so we are supposed to be the salt of the earth. Now, this salt has is iodized, which means... Uh, uh, many, many years ago, they felt like children weren't getting enough iodine in their uh, diet, and so they made salt. It was easy to add that chemical into salt; you wouldn't notice it, and and you wouldn't eat a whole bunch of it, supposedly, because it's a poison, and and too much of it is overwhelming, and so. They were able to figure out to put a little iodine in it and I guess that's uh, still a good thing. Um, Maybe that's what's wrong with me because many many years ago uh, my grandmother uh, came from Minnesota and stayed with us and our family uh, she had had all kinds of health issues at that time and our family went to drinking skim milk for the first time and <clears throat> quit using salt. And uh, now my mother still likes salt. Uh, she'll use put salt on grapefruit and uh, sometimes on watermelon if it's not sweet enough. And uh, she'll use salt. I don't know how much salt my dad uses, very little if any. But I got out of the habit of using salt, and so consequently, I um, I just a little salt is just overwhelming to me. I mean, it just tastes super salty. And if somebody salts their food just a little bit uh, more than normal or whatever, I guess it really shows up on my palate, and I can't add salt, of course, I used to be, at one time, one of those people that added salt before you even taste it. Now some of you may be that way, that you just add salt, you know, because it doesn't matter how much it has, a little bit more is not going to be that bad. Uh, <clears throat> and, and you just, you know, get the salt shaker and go at it first. But they say it's not, I guess, good for your heart or whatever to eat a lot of salt. Probably brother Rob was taken off of this nasty, uh, <coughs> horrible thing. And yet, uh, they have like they have sugar substitutes. I think they have salt substitutes, and I don't know. I I don't use that because I don't particularly like the flavor of salt. My wife, when she makes an egg, she just immediately puts salt on it. And the other day she made me an egg, and she turned the handle one time. I said, oh, these eggs are horrible. What did you do to them? And uh, Siobhan was there and she said, Papa doesn't like salt. <laughs> and so anyway, it was uh, <clears throat> that whole scenario. And yet, the, the, I, I wanna, the title of my message is Living as Salt. Living as Salt we're supposed to be the salt of the earth. If you read that in the amplified version, it says you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, its strength, its quality, how can it be how can its saltiness be restored? How do you restore salt if it no longer tastes salty? I don't think it's possible. It is not good for anything any longer, but to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men. And so the point is that if you don't, if you're not salty, then you're good for nothing. Now, the Lord was kind of hard, and I don't want to be hard this morning, but he was pretty candid about situations where people were cast out and thrown out into weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth and... Getting rid of whatever. And what's horrible, (laughs) and I don't, I'm not going to preach on this today, but what's horrible is that I can't find a story where they did something bad before they got thrown out. Now we all are worried about doing something bad and getting cast out. But as I look through the stories, these folks that were cast out were people that hid their talent in their yard, didn't put oil in their lamp. It wasn't that they were especially evil. It wasn't that they were especially bad. It's just that they did nothing. And that's why in this story, when he said, if it's just lost its effectiveness, if it's lost its flavor, then it will, in fact, be cast out. Now, I know... Some of you are looking at me when I talked about eating an egg without salt because you know the Bible well enough to know that Job the 6th chapter and the 6th verse says, can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? That's Bible. That's why my wife put salt on their eggs. She's obeying the word of God. And she said, There's no taste. And of course, I say, But if you eat a bite of bacon, when you take a bite of egg, (laughs) it balances out. And if I eat a bite of bacon and take a bite of salty egg, it's too salty. Of course there's some a, a sad story in Genesis the 18th chapter and some of you remember Abraham got into a discussion with God about saving Sodom, a city that was given to complete debauchery and horrible acts, of violence and terrible unsavory characters and You remember Abraham said, well, Lord, if there's 50 grains of salt. And then he said, well, how about 40 grains of salt? How about 30 grains of salt? What if we just have 10 little grains of salt in the whole town? Will you spare the whole city for 10 grains of salt? Why? Because salt is that powerful. It impacts all around it. And we know that Abraham went and started counting and actually could not find 10 grains of salt. Because you see, salt preserves and i don't know where i don't know how who found it i don't know if it was seawater that dried over a fish and somebody realized that if you put a fish in salt water uh, it will you can eat it for an extra week or 6 weeks or whatever but they figured out at some point that you know salt preserves <coughs> food you can preserve meat and uh, that's why they would salt meat. Of course in the time of Jesus, uh, when a baby was born, they would rub salt on the child and <clears throat> it was to sort of harden the skin, dry up, get rid of any impurities, and give that child. it was a sense of being salted. They would talk about the importance of salt. Salt, of course, improves flavor. My mother <coughs> tells me and uh, I, I, I can't taste it when I've tried. I've tried to put salt on a grapefruit and she said it makes it good and it doesn't make it good at all to me. <laughs> it makes it worse. It makes it like salty quinine, not just quinine, salty quinine. and. Uh, <coughs> Uh, you know, she'll sprinkle a little salt on watermelon. And I, she says, oh, that, I'm like, no, no. It's like salty watermelon. And it, I'll, I'll eat watermelon, but don't put salt on it, whatever you do. But anyway, it does, for those of you that like it and enjoy it, I understand. It, it, it's to improve. It, it's to impact that which is around It penetrates, it spreads, it's silent, it's invisible. You put a little salt on it and you don't see the action and you don't know it, but you know, if you sprinkle salt here, it's like every bite tastes salty. It penetrates that entire, you know, she sprinkles a little on the top and every bite of grapefruit, whatever it is. It's irrepressible. You can't stop the effect of it. Once you put it on something, it's like, Okay, wipe it off. Wiping it off doesn't help. It might get rid of the extra salt, but it's like once it's hit that food, it's boom, it's impacting it. And notice, he didn't say salt of heaven. What did he say? Salt of the earth. So that's important because We're supposed to impact the earth, those that we're around. We're supposed to have some kind of an impact that's positive on them. And you say, well, I don't get it. I don't have anything that I need to do. Well, he said, if you're not salty, if you don't improve flavor, you know, and I know people that will have come and said, Pastor, you don't understand. My whole workplace and everywhere I work and all the people I work they're horrible. They are rotten. They are putrid. They are horrible. And then I think, well, that's why you're there. Because you're supposed to be salt. You're supposed to be impacting them. You're supposed to be stopping the rot. Now if I start joining them, what has happened to me is I've lost my power, my taste, my saltiness. And all of a sudden, the rot is rottening me and I'm not impacting the rot. All of a sudden, the corruption and the decay is now working on me, but I'm not stopping the corruption and decay. If I'm the only one in my family trying to live for God, and I haven't improved the taste, (laughs) and I feel like and I, I've had family members that make, you know, a big deal out of, I'm going to pray before this food. I don't care. I don't care what anybody else likes in the family. I don't, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to show them I'm an apostolic Christian. And I'm thinking, the well, salt's never quite that gag you in the throat. It's more of an invisible, silent, let me do what I can. Let me let my light shine. Let me let my saltiness impact them. They ought to want me to be there at the family reunion. Not, oh God, do we invite him? And it ought to... Mark, the ninth chapter, Jesus himself was, these are red letter editions if you read it in a red letter Bible, but he says these words For everyone shall be salted with fire. That's like the Holy Ghost in fire, isn't it? He said, Shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good. I know a lot of you will underline that verse now and read it to your husband or wife whenever they try to get you to stop eating so much. You'll say, but the Bible says salt is good. For those of you who didn't know that was in there, there it is. But if the salt has lost its saltness, wherewith shall will ye season it? And then he says, have salt where? In yourselves. And have salt. Peace, one with another. And I too, like Brother David, I was a little shocked. And i not been watching the stock market, and I don't know about all of that. But I, I do know that the company he works for basically shut down all travel. Isn't that right? And said no, is it domestic and overseas? Or, international travel and they had his boss was scheduled to go this week leave this week and they basically said absolutely no travel whatsoever i read this morning where 16 million in northern italy were basically now quarantined and they shut down the northern part of the country yesterday I was talking to brother Jordan who's had planning an anniversary trip at the end of May for he and his wife and and they had a, a cruise scheduled for leaving out of Rome and going on a on a cruise and he said whoa he said it's our cruise is still on he said but we, had, we bought in December our airplane tickets to go uh, to Italy, to Rome, to fly into Rome, and we got a good price, $1,200. And he said, now the same ticket, on the same day on the same airline is under $700 it's $649 because international travel has been shut down basically and their airlines are scrambling and they say well, they're going to lose billions not millions but billions this year the impact on the economy and 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 you know I uh, brother Phillips asked me today he said somebody asked if we could have a hand sanitizer up front here And I said, we can't have any more hand sanitizer. I went uh, Saturday and Brother David went Thursday and it's not existent. And so, uh, sorry, I'm, you know, once that's gone, we'll have to wash our hands. Sorry, for those of you want to go get one last little squirt today out there in the foyer, uh, you know, keep it with you all afternoon, whatever. I, I don't know. But I'm just telling you, uh, there's a whole world that's rocking and reeling and there's a world that is you say. I can't believe it, Pastor. It had nothing to do with us. We, you know, I would have thought if anybody would have crashed the stock market, it would have been Biden or Trump or whomever you want to choose. But let me just tell you something that happens on the other side of the world can all of a sudden instill fear and panic and a whole sense of, but you know what? We are the salt of the earth. It's up to us to be salty in this hour. I understand we are supposed to live as salt. And he said, Yet have salt in yourselves. Now, maybe that's stay full of the Holy Ghost. I don't know. <clears throat> the, the point of it is, <clears throat> there we are. Uh, and so, 1 John 5th chapter, 18th verse says, We know that whosoever is born of God sins not, but he that is begotten of God keeps himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness. The entire world is under the control of the enemy. It's rotten and we're supposed to be... You wonder, why Why does the enemy want to get me so addicted? Whether or not Sister Joanne was up here, she's been struggling with cigarettes and she's got some addictions and others in here have addictions to all kinds of different things and I can go from from Alpha to to Zebra. (laughs) And whether it's gambling or anger or frustration and yet we're supposed to be getting rid of that and being what? Living like we are salt. What did I bring that flavored my workplace? What did I bring that brought a flavor? And you say, well, I I got up and I told them all that they were going to go to hell if they did not. Well, maybe that's not quite how salt does it. In the amplified version of those same verses, it says we know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately and knowingly practice committing sin, but the one who was begotten of God. And and, let me explain something to you, And, and this is why I was talking to Brother Kramer. Yesterday was at this meeting and we, we were visiting and, and, and he and I were talking and he said, you know, I, I mentioned about our five prayers and he asked me, he said, send me those five prayers. I, I wanna give those to the church there in Mount Vernon and I told him I would, and I haven't done it yet. But the point was I, I had mentioned those in my part of my meeting and, and, the, and they're on a card in the back or out in the foyer, just the five prayers that I pray every day and I you know I, I wanna live to bring you glory and learn who I am and all those. You you got them. The the point of it is, uh, he was saying, you know, I think it's the trick of the enemy at this point in time to get us so worried about praying for ourselves that we quit praying and impacting the world around us. And I understand, we have to pray, I have to pray for me, and I pray, God, help me to live to bring you glory and all those things. But at some point, I've also got to realize it's my responsibility to pray for somebody else, to try to have an impact, to lift somebody up, to encourage somebody, to do something for somebody else. And I said, "I I think you're absolutely right because that's what salt is supposed to do. It impacts everything around it. Here he said, we know that the one who is begotten of God carefully watches over and protects him. Protects him. Christ's divine presence within him preserves him. If the Holy Ghost in you is not keeping you from doing something, you need to stir it up. Get some more salty in it. (laughs) Say, Lord, salt me some more. Because the divine presence of the Lord is supposed to preserve us against evil. Uh, Sorry, let's, let's go on to the next one. And the wicked one, notice this next part, does not lay hold, get a grip, or touch him. Can you believe that? It says the devil has no ability to grab hold of us. Now you say, Oh, he's plaguing my mind. I'm battling fear. I'm battling. I understand that. But we know positively that we are of God and the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. What are you saying? I'm saying in this hour, we don't have to be overrun with anxiety and fear. I, I don't care. You can bump shoulders or elbows and, and you cannot high five anybody and don't scratch your eyes and put your fingers in your mouth and... I get it, I, I, I watched the video of, of the Italian lady who was the head of the, uh, of the health department and she goes, now uh, one of the things that we never must do is put our hands to our, our face or mouth and then she licks her fingers and turns the page. <laughs> Did y'all see that clip? And I was just like, how bizarre is this? because you can't help it. (laughs) You know, somebody tells you don't touch your face and what do you start doing? (laughs) It starts itching, you know. Ephesians, the second chapter, the first through the third verse. And you hath he made alive, who were dead and slain by your trespasses and sins, which at one time you walked habitually. You were following the course and fashion of this world, were under the sway and the tendency of this present age, following the prince and power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit, that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience the careless and rebellious and unbelieving who go against the purposes of God among them we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passion of our flesh being governed by our corrupt and sensual nature obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind and our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginations imaginings we were by nature, children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation, but now we are salt. Now we have something else that's inside of us. Amen. You see, Jesus called the princes the devil, the prince of this world. Paul called the devil the God of this world. Why we pray? for 40 days, and then pray for 21 days, and now we've started kind of another 21. Daniel, the 10th chapter, tells a story where Daniel was praying, and all of a sudden, when Daniel prayed, the angels in heaven responded. And you know what they said? You read it in Daniel 10, 12 through 13, he said, fear not, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God. Thy words were heard, and I am come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. For those of you who can't understand king's, old king's English, that's twenty-one. 1 and 20, 21. But lo, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. What were they saying? That when we pray things in heaven begin to move. That doesn't mean all the time that, you know, immediately something happens. But I'm telling you, it really is happening in the heavenlies. And it's up to us to be salt in this hour. And you say, well, are you telling me, you know, this might be God's will to spend the coronavirus and people will die. Yes, it very well could be the will of God. But you know what? If that's the case, I know who's riding this storm. I am not afraid. Oh, I'm going to, Uh, You know, if they had hand sanitizer, I'd buy four bottles for the front so everybody would be happy. But I'm telling you, I'm not gonna live my life up down by fear and anxiety and worry. Why? Because one day the Lord set me free and if the Lord's behind all of this, he's gonna know exactly where to run it and take it and who to have and get it and I'm not gonna live my life in anxiety and fear over it. Sorry. You know, if we run out of toilet paper later, we'll, later we'll buy Sears catalogs or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> buy extra Kleenex. I don't know what we'll do. Uh, but here's where we are. And yet we're supposed to live as salt in the midst of what all's going around. And here's what Isaiah said. On the great day of the Lord, look, look at this. here's what Isaiah said, this is, in this chapter, the 24th chapter, he's talking about the coming of the Lord, and this is, you know, the day of the Lord, maybe it's, maybe it's in the Revelation, and in the day of vengeance, and, and, you know, the Armageddon, I don't know, but look, look what he says here, he says, the mirth of tablets ceases, the noise of them that rejoiceth endeth, and, I don't know about you but I, some, somebody forwarded me a link and it had empty basketball stadiums and I guess I was excited about going watching the Arnold Schwarzenegger competition this past week. <laughs> Brother Joe Costa and I go all the time, no, he may go, I don't go. trying to piggyback on somebody else but I guess they shut that down and closed vendors and whatever in Columbus right and LeBron James said I'm not playing basketball in an empty stadium. I don't know if you will or not. They talked about filming it. What are you saying? Rejoicing ends. The joy ceases. They don't drink wine with a song. Strong drink begins to taste bitter. City of confusion. Take pictures of Wuhan and empty streets and empty markets and empty malls and empty airports in Beijing and empty airports around the world. Milan and other places. Oh, no man comes in. There's crying in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth of the land is gone. The city is left desolation. The gate is smitten with destruction. When thus it shall be in the midst of the land among the people, there shall be as the shaking of an olive tree. And as the gleaning of grapes when the vintage is done. What are you talking about? When everybody else is in anxiety and fear Amen. We start feeling a shaking like a salt shaker. It's harvest time. (laughs) Let me tell you what's coming. The the master gatherer is making a shake on the last of the olives. Oh, Oh, the grapes are fixing to come into harvest. They shall lift up their voice and they shall sing for the majesty of the Lord and they shall cry aloud from the sea wherefore glorify ye the Lord in the fires even as the name of the Lord God of Israel in the isles of the sea from the uttermost part of the earth we've heard songs even glory to the righteous. What are you saying? In the midst of all of this we ought to have more praise than we've ever had as a church. Why? Because the Lord is shaking. The Lord is coming back. The Lord is getting ready. You say, why, why aren't you afraid? Why aren't you overwhelmed? Because let me tell you something. I know what the end of this is all going to happen. We're going to go up scared and trembling with a shout. <laughs> with the voice <laughs> Lord I don't know what you're doing save everybody you can but the ship is fixing to set sail and it's not going to be a cruise ship where you're quarantined but it's a good old gospel ship we're going from here to the glory where I'm excited about what God's doing <laughs> he said Fear and the pit and the snare are upon you, O inhabitants of the earth. And let me tell you what he said. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Just hang on, buckle up. Those that escape from the pit, from the no- those that flee the noise of the fear are going to fall in the pit. Yeah. Go ahead. And he that comes, next slide. Up out of the midst of the pit. Is going to be taken in a snare. For the windows. You say are you telling me. The Lord is going to come next week. I don't know. I'm telling you this ought to let everybody know. How easy it would be. For the Lord to wipe out a third of the pop. You say well. I I got so much going on, no, I need to be salty, (laughs) I'm supposed to be impacting the world and whenever the Lord says it's enough, I'm taken by salt. (laughs) When the light's gone, you know where the world's gonna be? In darkness. And here's what he says, the foundations of the earth do shake. The earth is utterly broken down. Now, I don't believe that. I mean, I don't know global warming. I don't, we've had super cold winters and volcanoes everywhere and earthquakes. And What did, what did he say? Let me tell you something. This whole thing is going to rock and reel. Yeah. Look what it says, the earth is clean dissolved, the earth is moved exceedingly, the earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage, and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. I know, Trump's gonna get us out of all of this. I got it, I understand. He's gonna stop all of all of this, or maybe not him, but Biden will for sure. Somebody's got the answer. When the Lord says it's enough, you say, well, is this it? I don't know, but I'm going out with a shout. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the earth and upon the earth and they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered into the pit and shall be shut up in the prison. And after many days shall be visited, and the moon shall be confounded, and the sign of shame, and the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem before his ancients glorious. Let me explain something to you. There is no other force on this earth that can sing the song of harvest, (laughs) but the spiritual ones that are salty that are able to come in to the house of the Lord in the midst of whatever and if we're meeting at home I, you know if they say you're forbidden to me and we just log on to one another and we start singing together I'm telling you there's going to be an eruption as the Lord is shaking the olive tree and he's gleaning the grapes. I'm so excited we're the ones that can intervene spiritually Hallelujah New Testament, you don't get into the Old Testament, the New Testament, Colossians, the second chapter, says, and we have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, and you've been taught, abundant, abounding, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of God head bodily. And you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power, in whom you are circumcised with the circumcision not made made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. By the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism. That's why we go down and baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus, wherein you are risen with him through faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Say, I don't have anything to be happy about. Coronavirus is everywhere. You know what I can rejoice about? One day he set me free. He forgave all my sins. Oh, I can come in and thank the Lord. I've been, set, I've been washed in the blood. I went down in the name of the Lord. I've been washed. Then not only did he forgive my sins, he took away the handwriting of the ordinances which was against us. That means the law, he literally ripped it up. Which was contrary to us and took it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, notice that. Everybody say spoiled. spoiled. You know what that means? When you spoil principalities and powers, it's like here's a soldier. And you spoil him. You take off his shield. You grab his armor. You take his sword. You take his spear. You knock his helmet off. You knock his boots off. You say that is not yours anymore. It's mine. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes afar off, made nigh by the blood of cross, for he is our peace, who hath abolished in his flesh the enmity, that's talking about the law, the commandments that was against us, in, in making in one new man so making peace, for he is our peace. Go ahead, next verse, next slide. Disarmed is what the Amplified says, principalities and powers that ranged against us and made a bold display and public example over them, triumphing over them, and him and in it the cross. Jesus one day was casting out the devil and somebody goes, I know how you did that. You use the devil to cast out the devil." And Jesus said, is a house divided against itself? You think I use the devil to cast out the devil? Don't you realize that when a strong, if you've got to first bind the strong man, when you bind the strong man, you can then cast out the devil. And then he goes on to say, when a strong man armed keeps his palace, his goods are at peace. But when a stronger shall come upon him and overcome him and take take from him all of his armor wherein he trusted and divides his spoil, then you can cast out the other man. So when Jesus said through Paul that I have disarmed principalities and powers. And, And what does the Bible say? We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principality. Well let me just tell you something, <clears throat> and I don't know how to say this maybe kindly, but the problem that some people have is that they wrestle against powers and principalities. And you don't really need to do that. Jesus disarmed them. It's like bringing a Swiss Army knife to a gunfight. They don't have any armor. Don't get down on their level and wrestle with them. You just use the blood the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost, the sword of the Spirit, and you just chop their head off. Don't you you say, I've been struggling with it. You get a hold of the blood. You got to realize the power and authority that we have through the name of Jesus, through the power of his blood. You see, they've been disarmed. When you get down, when you wrestle, that means that neither one of you have arms. You both sit there. Don't you realize you have a hold of the arsenal? Use a nuclear warhead and say in the name of Jesus, get out of my house in the name of Jesus. Addiction be gone. Break every chain. You say in Jesus' name. Um, say, well, I don't have any way to fight them. Yeah. Just, 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 uh, just let the sword come out. Yes. Shoot them. You know, it's like bringing a gun to a knife fight. You know, they always have a scene in most of these, you know, movies where somebody's going, hi-ya, and the other guy goes, pow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's go mono a mono. No, I got the blood. <laughs> I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> the enemy doesn't have any weapons. <laughs> he got spoiled. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. I, I know my time. <laughs> Let me just keep going here. Disarming them. First John third chapter. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy. That's why he came. We're supposed to live as salt. And I remember when the 70 came in, And they began to rejoice because the Lord had sent them out by twos. And they said, oh, Lord, it's amazing. Joy. Woo. You don't understand. We have power over the devil. Woo. We don't have to be bound by fear. And we don't have to be overrun by all kinds of emotions. And we don't have to have, we can. we can set people free. And, woo, hallelujah. And the Lord said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the heaven." He said, but I give you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions. Let me just tell you something. You know, there's some of these things that you've been wrestling with that you just need to put your foot on. And say, I'm sorry, no more. No more. No more. You got that, devil? No more. You've had me slave long enough. Yeah, right. By the I'm going to stay full of the Holy Ghost, and there you don't have any power over me. You don't understand who my dad is. That's right. Amen. He said, I give you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, Everybody say, all, all. the power, power. power. Of, the of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Go ahead, next slide, that's the last one. I'll stop at this one. Notwithstanding to this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. But do you know what I want you to rejoice? Every day. Every day. There's a new name written down in glory You should rejoice every day that one day the Lord brought you out of the deep miry clay, the Lord set my feet on the rock to stand. What are you talking about? I'm here to tell you there ought to be a praise in your heart. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how many people are scrambling for. I don't care how many people are scrambling for hand sanitizer, or how many folks are scrambling to make sure we bump shoulders or elbows. I got it. I, I'm, I'll probably bump sh- elbows with you. I don't want to. I don't want to make Anybody feel uncomfortable, but I'm not here to tell you what. I know a God that is bigger than the coronavirus. And if God's the one running that thing, He's able to change its course in a moment. You say, Well, are you gonna be foolish? Are you, you know, if somebody's coughing, are you gonna walk up and you know say, cough in my hand, and rub it in your nose and mouth? No, I'm not stupid. But I'm gonna here to tell you something. Absolutely, I am not gonna be bound by fear. While the world is shaking and rocking and reeling like a drunk man, we're getting ready for harvest time. We're getting ready for harvest time. If you need the Holy Ghost today, today's the day to get it. If